welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. I think it's at, at the moment I can't really get it. I mean, it's such a lot of information. Cool, but is it something that's exciting or... The reason why I'm asking such specific questions is if you don't know where you're at and if you don't know where you're going, there's a very good chance you're not going to get anywhere. Those are the two points on a sat-nav that you need to know. It's like, okay, you know, I acquired your location, you're here, and just tell me where you want to go. And those are the things like, what is God doing? Where is, like, what is happening right now? And what is he unpacking at the moment it's like I think he's you don't need to define it just yet you don't need to know exactly what it is but there's something about his goodness that he's opening up there's something about his faithfulness there's something about the supernatural like what is it just for your own sake I think there's gonna it's gonna put a lot of confusion at rest if you're just like ah this is it do you know? Okay, last week, God just... You know, have you started reading books already? Mm-hmm. Book reports? Then just like, what is he doing? In just like, yeah, he's just challenging me to live more supernaturally minded because it's all around me. Or I want to just... What is it like the Father Heart Week, hearing God's voice, the prophetic, supernatural? You know, when Alan comes and just like guides you into just come on, Holy Spirit is doing all these things. What is God? That's homework for the rest of your life. Is in your journal, just just write it down, unpack what's happening within your heart. Um, Proverbs says, it's the glory of God to hide or to, to deposit things in the, in the heart of man but it's the glory of kings to um, search them out so there's something inside of you that God is doing but it is your glory to it's like oh this is what's happening rather than like yeah he's doing something I have no idea what it is and and it's not that you need to exactly define what he's doing it's more just the that just being aware of the process but knowing where the process is going or what it is it's like oh yeah it's doing something here but it's also doing something here like it really stirred up stuff with my mom but it also is like hmm things with just the way I read the bible or um I love how he just draws me deeper in worship because there's a truth about his majesty that he's just unveiling it. Those, that is important to know. So, okay, what is it? You don't need to know the definition of majesty and everything there is to do, but just like, there's something like, as soon as I get to worship him in his awe and his splendor, I just, I just melt. And yeah, so I would encourage you guys to just work with him figure out what he is doing it's going to make some things a lot easier most things um, 
How are you doing? What is God doing right now? That's big. Um, mm -hmm. I think um, he's doing a lot, you know, he's like a lot of things. And it's almost like it's like a smorgasbord, do you know what I mean? Like of, of what you want to dip into, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, and, 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 uh, and what he's showing me like right now, I think is that I can chill out and he'll do it anyway. Hmm. Do, you, do you know what I mean? Like, like, I've, I, <coughs> like it takes me, I think it takes me through various different seasons, right? So I think it takes me through seasons of like, Dan, I want you to pray into that thing. I want you to pray into it. I want you to really spend time with that thing, go into it on it. And I think right now he's like, look, don't, and I'll do the thing anyway. Um, which is, you know, I'm a bit along my little like, hang on. And you know what I mean? what's, what's my bit in all of this? Um, but I, I, yeah, I think um, that's exciting. I think. Do you think? <laughs> You're not sure. <laughs> um, yeah, but also I'm 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 getting to you, you know I'm in ministry, right? You know, um, mm -hmm. and so I, like I'm getting to I get to see I get to see people's lives just like poof and like. To be honest, I've just heard a tape and just said something that someone said, and and like, it's just cool, crazy cool to see people's people's reality shifting and and healing happening and the, mm -hmm. the good stuff, the good stuff. Um, but I, like, I'm also getting a little bit addicted to it, and I don't know if that's good or bad. Maybe I'd like, maybe that's wrong currency. But yeah, to what? Like seeing the things. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, I'm like, oh yeah, and so I go after it. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? I would say that's almost a requirement. Yeah. Jesus puts it this way to the the, the scribes and the Pharisees, like, guys, <clears throat> if you don't believe the words that I say, <coughs> then believe the things that I do. And, and so often the church is requiring the world to just believe because I tell you so without showing you the power of God. And he's like, you don't have to. And I think if the, if the church would have that uh, requirement on, well, if we would have that on ourselves, actually, before you preach anything, show them and then you can explain it. So, God is good, yeah, but right now goodness looks like you're in a wheelchair, you need to get up. Yeah. Right now goodness looks like you're just you're living in messed up relationships, there's going to be healing there. You're just living in depression, there's going to be freedom there. That's what goodness looks like. And then I can tell you, by the way, this is God manifesting his goodness. And so often we just, we've reduced theology to philosophy yeah. it's like oh what do you think about it oh hmm, that's really yeah. interesting oh let, let me just carry that with me for a bit because i like, no 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 i've come not just to theoretically woo you but to heal the brokenhearted to, to the prisoners are being proclaimed good news are being released there's healing happening so if that's the only thing that you want to know about God, then you're missing his heart. Or I think it's in Psalms. It talks about Israel knew his works, but Moses knew his ways. And that's that. It's just like, if I'm just about 
if I'm just after the what he can do for me, it's still incredible because I'm I'm absolutely relying on that supernatural breaking into my norm. Um, but it's just you can't divorce God from well from himself in terms of character or power or anything. So be addicted. In, in, in that way just like come on I want to see seriously I want to see more because if you don't want to see more healings you're not going to pursue more healings you're not going to see more healings and he's like but that's why I died this is so my body was broken so yours can be whole that's just that that be a reality not just a positional reality it's like yeah, theoretically we're all healed no just and then if if that needs praying into then for whatever reason, if that person doesn't get up out of the wheelchair first time, you just pray a second and a third time. It's and yet, it's always about him. Yeah, that's good. Team, what's life doing? What is God doing? Exciting. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, I think God is wants to open my heart a bit more and that passion in and not just thinking about it but just so you want to see it more happening in your life and if it's not happening in your life then what's the point and no for example with God's love sometimes I ask myself yeah okay but what's the point like um, some I also I still have these problems I still have things happening and it doesn't change okay just God loving me has not really fixed unhealthy patterns in my life or yeah yeah okay that's a fair question what has he said to you concerning that have you asked him God what's the point ask him learn to ask him very specific questions like <clears throat> God, there's still. I'm just. I'm still thinking such condemning, judgmental, or negative thoughts towards um, other people in general or about this specific person. You loving me, you making me new creation, I don't see this manifesting in this area. So come on, this somehow, this truth. And my reality, they need to meet. Because at the moment, they seem to be a bit divorced. It's like, yeah, this is all nice, but it hasn't changed the way I think. So is there stuff that you want me to make decisions? Like, and, and it's like, actually, I just, from now on, I decide this is, actually, I'm not, no longer a sinner. I am a saint, therefore, I'm walking out of his righteousness. I'm thinking, like, I have the mind of Christ, therefore, actually, my thoughts... Well, not going to be thoughts of condemnation, but thoughts of complete acceptance and just the value that he sees in that person. There's something in that person that Jesus sees that is worth dying for. At the moment, I can only see their mistakes. So, what, what is it? And then, that's what the Lord's Prayer is about. That you will be done. Your kingdom come. The way it is up here, that truth that we believe, 
we need that superimposed upon the reality here on earth until earth looks like heaven. That's our mandate. And that's, that's a very big one. That's literally a global one. But it starts with you. If you're not transformed, you can't transform somebody else. So keep asking those things, but not in a... I don't know how you are asking, because I don't know you. But if you're just asking with attitude, a bit like a teenager, it's like, God, what's the point? That's usually the wrong question. Uh, but a genuine, like, okay, I've encountered your love there, but... But I'm not feeling it over here. I'm not seeing the freedom that the people tell me that I walk in. It's like, why not? And then he can give you very specific answers to that. Is that actually what you were saying, or have I just completely missed the point? No, it's partly what I was saying. Okay, what's the other part? No, for me it's not the, the thing with loving other people or seeing them the way God sees them. So I, have, I don't have a real problem with that. Like, uh, I hate this person and mm. I need your love, God. Oh no, that was just an example. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm still struggling with pornography. I'm still having whatever um, integrity issues over there. I'm still this. So that was just an example for all the bits that actually, no, the new creation is like this. And then you look in the mirror, you think, hmm, I seem to have a problem here. Because um, what looks back at me isn't really what the Bible tells me about who I am. It, is that the thing or not? Yeah. But also, um, the thing with trusting him, if I don't see it, okay. or if I don't see change in two years, and then still trusting him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's back to the date with God. Is it... I, I have no idea why some things take longer. If I was God, I would make them just like that, fixed. You know, really, I would. Um, and yet, every time I talk to him about issues that aren't good yet, I'm just like, come on, Jesus, this is still... Why aren't you fixing this thing? It'd be so easy for you. Just... I'm giving you, I've given you permission. I can't give you more permission. Change my heart, my mind, my body, whatever you want to do. Just change it. Do it. And I get so frustrated that, that it's not happening how I want it or in the time frame that I wanted to see it in. And that he seems not bothered at all. Because he's like, yeah, but you and I, we get to hang out today. He's like, yeah, but that doesn't fix the problem. And that's when I realize that I'm missing the point of life that's that's the big question why am i here um the westminster catechism puts it this way um it always asks questions you know and then it gives the answer to that and, and one of the questions what is the highest perp what is the purpose the highest purpose of mankind and the answer is the purpose of man is to enjoy God and to glorify him 
No, the other way around. To glorify God and enjoy Him for eternity. Basically, why am I alive? What's the point of all this thing here? Glorifying God and enjoying Him. And actually, uh, somebody else, can't remember who it was, changed the words, and then it's not glorifying God and enjoying Him, but glorifying God by enjoying Him. So, <clears throat> you're here. And this is where you would like to be with whatever issues. And you think life is going to be much better over there. Because well, that's when I'm completely holy. And that's what I'm completely healed. And that's whatever I think I should be. Yeah. But today I'm here. And I'm just kind of, I've done everything. I've fasted. I've prayed. i repented. I cast out. I pray prayers I don't even believe anymore. I just, just, uh, just, and I'm still here. And then God, who is the one that could just snip his finger and make me like this, he doesn't do it. Why? And, the, and then, why am I here? And God's like, yeah, but I am here. That's the point of life. I am here. This, if he's not, you seem to be more bothered about this than he is. That's weird. So if he's not that bothered about this, but he's more bothered about the right now, are you enjoying me? Have you even seen the movie Click? Adam Sandler. Bad movie. Just, but, but a good point. Basically, he has this magic remote control. And he can fast forward his life to the point of his next achievement. It's like, ah, oh, I just want to have the next promotion. So he just fast forwards it. Basically, he just wakes up whenever he has the next promotion. So he can, he can skip all the boring bits in life. Yeah? It's like, oh, my kids are just annoying me. I can wait until they're off to uni. Zip. Of the, and he missed he just basically he misses his whole life because he's just thinking the point of life is it's like in a computer game you just unlock the next achievement yeah you're level 2000 now and and kind of this is still how we approach our walk with him thinking I want to see this problem not being a problem in my life anymore that's when I'll be happy that's when I'll be at peace that's when I'll be walking on authority and he's like, maybe, but right now you've got me. And the fact that that is not enough should actually scare us a bit. Where he's like, but I'm Emmanuel. I'm like, I'm here. All this, yeah, you could be the nicest person. You could be the holiest person if you ever have a scale like that. But I'm, I'm here right now. So, and it's back to the date. Where should we go, God? It doesn't really matter because as long as it's with you. Yeah, but I need these things doing today. It's like, maybe we'll get to it, maybe we don't. But we're going to spend the whole day together. And if that's not good enough, then I need to ask myself the question of, actually, what kind of relationship do I have with God? Is it actually a relationship or is it a business agreement where it's all about the achievements, it's all about goals and productivity? That's a very scary and honest look in the mirror where you realize, oh crap, I've kind of had more of a business agreement with God. Okay, you do your part, I'll do mine. You know, I'll stop looking at dirty pictures. I'll, st I'll start praying a bit more. I'll be fasting once every week. I'll be doing these things, but God, you better do your thing. And it's two business partners and every quiet time, whatever that looks like that you have is more like a business meeting. You're going to read a couple more instructions of what you should be doing today. 
Yeah? You're going to read some of his promises of what he's supposed to do. And then at the end of the day, you're like, God, you didn't hold up your end of the bargain. I did mine. I, I really did it. Um, and you're missing the whole point of, but I was with you all day long. And you're going to be the older brother in that parable of the lost son. Realizing that actually you had access to everything and more than just all the father's stuff you were actually in the father's house all day long but for you you missed the point that's not 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 just pointing the finger at you guys this is me just saying actually today has the potential to be the best day of your life so far really has not because you're going to win the lottery if you do share it with me But because, honestly, the God of the universe is like, this is this is me and you today. Come on, kid. It's going to be fun. And it's not just him saying, I'm waiting for you to ask me what we do, but he's hanging out with you. What would you like to do? What shall we do? Just, just that, just together. And so often we're missing the point. And then we get angry with God. We get frustrated. We get bitter toward him because... He hasn't done this, this, and that. You, I've, this is what the oldest son said, you know, I've labored for you. I've slaved for you. It's like the relationship that you and I have has been a very unhealthy one. Like, and yet you haven't given me and my friends as much as a go to celebrate. Like, it's like, yeah, but. So, so he was, he was rather actually what the son was saying that. He had his friends that he was hanging out with, but he actually didn't even hang out with his dad. Like, I'm going to celebrate over here, not there. I'm going to just reveal so much about the poverty of relationship that this guy is walking in. And I see this in a lot of Christians where it's... So it's good that God is saying, come on, that's, this is, what is the point of it all? It's, the point is today. It really is always about today. There's truth in, there's an eternal perspective, and that's very important as well. But he's made today. I don't understand how he works time-wise because we are trapped in this linear thing. And for us, there is a yesterday. For, this, for us, there is a today and a tomorrow. For him, there is now. He is the great I am. This is, this is what he said to... Um, to the guys accusing him of, you know, making himself equal to God. And he said, guys, before Abraham was, I am. This is what Jesus said. This, he didn't say before Abraham was, I was. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Because he is. He never was, nor will he be. That's how we define him because that's the only way we can relate to things in the past or in the future but he's the I am he is that's why he 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 looked at today he's thinking that's a very good day yeah I'm gonna give it to you because every good and perfect gift comes from him so today is a very good day he's giving it to you he's like this is a very good this is a perfect gift and it's kind of, again, us, the privilege of kings to search it out. It's like, okay, God, why have you made today? 
And why do you think that today is a really good day? It's like, and and one of the biggest things. It's, so it's not just about highlights. Where are the presents for me that he's hiding? But it's actually the. So what does relationship with you look like today? It's just like, wow, this has been a great day. This, in fact, if I die today, that was the best day of my life. And tomorrow, even more so. That really is. It's not a hype to hype to hype to hype. It's a glory to glory thing. And it needs to be reality in our lives. So it's good that you're on the journey. It, it really is. Really? Huh? That's... Um, I'm really happy for you guys just to say, can we have a break? Because I'll just start talking and then um, don't stop. But I want to I wanna tell you a little bit about me before I talk to you guys about uh, my best friend, Jesus. <laughs> uh, he really is. But... But for you to understand some of the things that I'm saying or why I'm saying them, why I believe them, why I'm so passionate about one thing and not really care about another thing, where other people might be really passionate about this thing and not really care about that, is it really helps understanding who is this person, where where did they come from, why, what's their journey with, with God. So just, just a very brief one. Um, I grew up in a Christian family in the Lutheran church in Germany. Um, and... I I always knew Jesus, but I didn't really walk with him. So there was never a doubt about whether he was real, whether he was really, whether he existed. Um, but just like James says, well, even the demons believe, you know. So I kind of believe, but that's, that's not really. It's, it's really about the relationship, and that I did not walk in. And then uh, I had my my rebellious teenage years between the age of 14 and 16. Uh, um, <clears throat> and it all came to um, uh, a stop when I, I played at a worship, in a worship band at a youth camp while not even being a Christian yet. Um, and the worship leader sat us all down before the night before the... Um, the camp started and he said, guys, if there's anything that you need to sort out or want to sort out with God, now is the time because it's all going to kick off tomorrow. And uh, and at that time, I um, I was um, smoking, drinking, dealing weed, and that uh, was before the internet. Uh, so we, we were selling um, pirated software that we... You had to call. Yeah, those are calling boxes. So you called America, downloaded a game, burned it on a CD, and sold it to your friends. And uh, <clears throat> all that kind of just in, in that nobody prayed for me. Nothing happened. I was 16, and all of a sudden I started bawling my eyes out because I just realized that he is real. It just it, it was one of those. It felt like scales of my eyes moments. It just this is it. And, uh, and in those two weeks, my life got completely turned upside down. Um, and and I, I grew a lot between the age of, just with God, between the age of um, 16 and, and 20. Not all was good, because I didn't have a lot of people that could speak in my life. 
pruning me or just even being good examples because um, I kind of was the first one, always was a bit, that was a close call. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I was the, a pioneer. I started a, a Christian unit at my school. Um, it was all in the context of the Lutheran Church. There's no speaking in tongues, no manifestations, no nothing. Um, but that camp that I got saved at, that was the first time that I saw her people speaking in tongues. Like, this is incredible. And it's the first time I saw people being drunk in the Holy Spirit. Like, this is amazing. Just, and then, and then we got the news down because it's all like tense down in the adult tent there's people falling down under the power of god no what so where other people just have a bit of a ooh, i don't know i just don't know if i could believe this for me it was always this god just blowing my mind two weeks of just completely wrecked so i was just like god can even do that he's just people you know let the bodies hit the floor just everything just unbelievable and uh <clears throat> And that was kind of the start of my, my walk with him where he just transformed me. And then I um, went over to Toronto, did the school of ministry there because um, I didn't really know anything about Toronto except that it was English speaking and I was really bad at English. Very, very bad. I almost failed school because of that. And, uh, and the, the only alternative was Pensacola, which now in hindsight, I'm very glad I didn't go there. But um, it was the reason why I didn't go there was they had about a thousand people doing their school, and Toronto was more like sixty. I'm like, yeah, I think that's more my my thing. Uh, and it was amazing. The very I had dreads. I was into hardcore. That was the only thing that was acceptable in terms of music. I played. We played in in clubs, youth clubs, and stuff. And there was always. Um, Christian message and uh, those were before the days of projectors we had um, overhead projectors <laughs> with um, projected uh, I don't know prayers that we made everybody pray and it's like rah just you know Jesus everywhere um, every Thursday night we went out onto the street a friend and I and uh, just did outreach and people thought we we're Jehovah's Witnesses because there's two of us and it's hey do you know about Jesus do you know about Jesus it was like that so I went to Toronto and uh, start of week number two so I've just flown over spent uh, however much money I've spent on the tuition fee and the flight and all of that and uh, here I am loving Jesus absolutely just oh, this is the best thing ever get called into the office and uh, I don't know how you guys are doing, but whenever somebody in authority says, hey, can I have a word? You're like, oh, crap. What have I done now? So that's that's a big lie that God's like, oh, so what do you really believe about authority? And that was something that uh, changed in me a lot. And I, I hope that it's gonna he's going to address that in you as well. Because 1 John 4 says that that perfect love, so what's the point of love? Casts out fear. Because fear still has to do with punishment. And somehow we still think that authority is not there to protect us primarily, but to keep us on the straight and narrow. And if they want to have a chat with us, it's because we have veered off what they want us to do. And now they need to call us back in line. So teachers usually have a chat with us when we have been not good, whatever that looks like. Parents depending on what kind of parents you have, there can be a lot of 
um, or lack of affirmation, but there's definitely telling off involved. Um, and then you go to church and you see the same thing with um, with leaders. There's very little affirmation, but as soon as you don't do something wrong, can I have a word with you. And I go, ah. Oh. So, and then there's Jesus who's like, I actually would love to affirm you. And in that affirmation, sometimes there's even correction, but you don't even realize it's correction. Like, you actually walk away thanking Jesus for the correction. This is how good he is. Like, whenever you encounter him, even when he says, Timo, that wasn't quite clever now, was it? It's like, ah, no, that wasn't Jesus. How about we do it this way? Yes, you're so good, Jesus. I'm like, and I never, ever once feel like, oh, my goodness, I've been called into the principal's office again. So, there I was. Timo, we need to have a word in Toronto. Long dreads. Timo, uh, we need you to cut your hair. Because you're on the ministry team. And uh, that was 20 years ago. So things have changed a lot. But um, Toronto back then, that's... um, I went there in 2000. So the whole outpouring revival started in 94. And uh, the world, literally the world, traveled to Toronto to encounter... The Father Heart, his, the love of God, the message, everything that you've heard. Was it John McDonald that came or was it Mark, John? It's because of stuff that happened in Toronto that just started there. <clears throat> and uh, But then there's, there's God TV, there's, you know, we're being, that, that was before live streaming, but you could buy the tapes, the videotapes and all that. Um, the world is watching and if they see somebody with dreads, they are probably going to think more Rastafari religion rather than actually Jesus. So we just don't want to cause any offense because you don't know who is standing before you. So we have we have uh, two choices for you. Either you can cut your hair or fly home. Uh, so, okay. I choose door A. <clears throat> so, so I did. That was very painful because in my self-righteousness, I thought, how dare they? You know, this is supposed to be a free and la-la-la charismatic church and they're more religious than the Lutheran church I come from. Um, plus, I always talk to God about my hair because I really did. It's like, God, whenever there's an idol in my life, I really want you to just do that. So I'm talking to God about my hair. It's not an idol. Um, so how dare them make me do anything that I don't want to do? Bottom line is, I just didn't want to go home. So I cut my hair. And what God did in the following three, four, five weeks was scary. Because you don't know what you don't know. That's one of Andy's favorite sentences. And I did not know how much identity was was placed or how much I was hiding behind um, coolness hear me out I for some reason I thought because I'm a Christian I'm less cool you know I get more ridiculed your friends are like oh, you go to church on Sunday it's like la 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 you're not allowed to do this you're in, la 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 so desperately trying to be cool desperately trying friends to love me to um adore me to just be friends yeah so but i'm thinking i'm already starting off in the red on the friendship level because i'm a christian so i just gotta not just 
be normal, but if I want to be seen and loved by people, I need to be more than. And so realizing that a lot of my my taste in music, my taste in fashion, clothes, hair, was really this thing of, am I good enough? Will you, will you be impressed with me? Will you want to, will you want to be my friend? And there I was literally just having a naked head and uh, feeling really vulnerable and just not wanting to, well, not really knowing how to, Will you look like now I'm normal? Now I'm a normal Christian. I play acoustic guitar. This is and uh, and, and now I wear normal jeans, not not fat ones. Now I uh, I actually listen to pop. Would you believe it? Yeah, I start clapping. This hardcore people don't clap. Really, that was was one of the biggest things that <clears throat> um, that as funny as it sounds, one of the biggest things that God did in my life. You read in Leviticus, you know, that there's all sorts of different offerings. There's a, a swing offering. This is the weirdest thing. They, you know, they, they, there's um, lift offerings. It's just kind of lifted to God. Yeah, there's a swing offering. It's like, woo, woo, woo. Yeah, there, there is all sorts of offerings. There's a clap offering. And I was there in Toronto. And, uh, and, and hardcore. Yeah, and they're all pop Christian and I sing because you are good and I dance because nobody's dancing because you are good and I shout nobody's shouting because you are good yes yeah, so I was like what is this because where I come from like Rah! Jesus only Jesus <clears throat> um, and the worship leader says come on give God a clap offering I'm like I'm not uh, and uh, I just felt Jesus standing beside me he's like yeah really would like one I'm like oh come on jesus I, i'll headbang for you i just i i do any i'll stage dive for you this is but don't make me clap please just uh, and so i started clapping this i know for you you might not have a problem with it you might be the best clappers in the world that was that was that was very humbling really was and so I was just like okay Jesus I'm just I thank you that I'm in Toronto and not at home so nobody can see me right now it's just like none of my friends and non-Christian friends so, so here and it was it was the most freeing thing it was like I, I was clapping myself into freedom just realizing that actually and this is all to do with what I said this morning Jesus just saying do you want to yes like, if, if it takes clapping clapping it is if whatever um just yeah and so i'm just so thankful for what he did and how he challenged me where he used other people or whether it was literally just him coming to me then um then i stayed on for another year staff there and uh and that's where i met my wife Ruth, she she is from um, near London, and she was over there, and we didn't we we didn't get together until about three four years later. But that's where we met each other. Um, I went back to Germany after my year and a half in Toronto because I wanted to be a rock star. It, it was always I have a real heart for Germany, 
and I thought, okay, I'm going to go to um, Canada, get equipped for the ministry in Germany. And then I was in Germany, and uh, now is my time to be a rock star for Jesus. Saw myself just, you know, worshipping thousands of people, just declaring his goodness, stage diving for Jesus, all that. Um, and, and I played, um, I was um, electric guitarist for, for one of the German worship leaders, and uh, I saw stuff there with the, in, that, that didn't impress me, where I realized that there's no passion there in a lot of people. It's just a job. And to some degree, that's fair enough. It is a job. If you are, you know, doctor, architect, you're not going to be the most excited every day about, woohoo, I get to build another house. It's just sometimes it's just a job. But, but if, you know, you're there on stage, drumming, playing bass, keys, singing, whatever it is, and it's just a gig for you while it's just in, in worship, it just doesn't work it doesn't work with because the the atmosphere that you open up you can only open up as much as there's reality in your life and if there's no passion in your life there's very little they might they might sound good you know musically these guys were tight honestly unbelievably tight we had once we didn't get because they're all session musicians so we didn't actually have time to practice because everybody flew in late and uh, and the only time that we had, we didn't even sound check. We sat together backstage, and never played with each other, and we just walked through the songs on the sheets. Like, okay, this is the intro, da 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 da, this that. The very first time we played together was on stage, and except me and this guy, because I was traveling with him, so I, because I wasn't a pro. All these other guys were, and it, honestly, it blew my mind. Like, these are, they are good. They're really good. This is the first time we've just theoretically walked through the songs and just nail it. Incredible. There was very little there in terms of heart. Um, and but I wanted to become a musician, a rock star. <clears throat> applied for music university, and uh, while while I was um, applying for that and uh, practicing, I six to eight hours every day. Um, I got an email from um, a couple, Ivan and Isabel, from Toronto, who were teaching on the prophetic in Toronto, and they, they said, "Timo, we just have the, just the sense to call you and invite you over to be um, our intern." And I emailed back, like, "Oh, thanks very much, but uh, I'll be a rock star." Yeah. Just. Now, when a prophet asks you to do something, you know, there's <laughs> usually God involved, but at that stage, it's like, "Nope, I'll be a rock star." So, you know, thanks, but no thanks. Um, I went to my interview and I didn't get in, and that was that was crushing as well because there was this this thing of actually what is the purpose of my life? What is it that is really giving me joy? And it was music, just anything to do with music. And all of a sudden, that thing was kind of removed from me as a possibility to do as a job. It could still be a hobby, but. And uh, there was, there wasn't just a, like a question mark. There, there was a void because this is who I am, and now it's been taken away from me, and I actually don't know who I am anymore. And the beauty of it, God knows. Honestly, God knows you better than you do. He, he sometimes you're the last person to know about what's happening within. 
within you. It's like bad breath, Danny Silk says. It's right underneath your nose, but sometimes you're the last person to know that you have it. And it's this kind of thing of, God knows who I am. I think this is who I am, but God's like, ah, but this is how I made you. And I'm like, I'm trying to convince God, but this is how I'll be the happiest. And he's like, ah, I made you this way. But can't you see? It's like, ah, let's try that. And some people, I'm telling you, some people battle with God for the, until the day they die. And there has not been this surrender of, okay? And the people of Israel, the 40 years in the desert, that's the perfect example. Where God says, you hard and stiff-necked people. Where you just, you could not see and believe and trust me that I actually love you. That I am for you. That I have the best for you. That it's not a, okay, surrender to God and he sends you to Africa. But it's this, if there is a change of plan then it's always for your benefit. Romans 8.28, it really is all things working together for the good because you have been called according to his purposes. Now, um, I think it's the, the, um, the best Marigold Hotel. What's it called? The movie. You know what I mean? The Indian. Is it called the best Marigold Hotel? Where the guy says, you know, um, in the end, everything will be good. And if it's not good yet, it's not the it's end. the third time somebody's quoted that yeah. this week. It blows my mind. <laughs> this must be just for you guys. And if it's not good yet, it's not the end. And I think that, just Jonah, you know, in the belly of the whale, is like, this is not good. Good, good, good. Yeah. Three days later, it's like, flipping act, that was incredible. And Jesus dying on the cross... Ha! Ah, three days later, woohoo! Yeah, this is all just like if it's not good yet, it's not the end. But, but there is this thing of God in His in His greatness is not forcing you into anything. And if you want to contend with Him for the rest of your life and say, "But I want this," He's like, "But this is really the best for you." But we can live in this tension. He's not worried about time. The only one's running out of time is you and me. He's like, okay, you want to play this game? See who can wait the longest. And there's a, there's a whole generation that died in the desert because they could not get their head around. They could not get their heart around a God that would actually be for them. And at every turn, what they really and truly believed about God came up. It's like, oh, see, God took us, brought us out of Egypt to kill us in the desert. Oh, see, where's God now? He's, and just accusing, 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 whether it's the leadership or whether it's God himself. It's, it was usually both, yeah? We're thirsty, let's kill Moses. I, Moses has nothing to do with you as being thirsty, but the pastor's got to pay for it, yeah? So let's just get a new leader. It's usually what we do. Um, yeah, so there I was, not really knowing who I was anymore, because apparently I'm not a musician, I'm not going to be a musician. Um, so I emailed them back, <coughs> Is, does, does the offer still stand of uh, interning with you? I was like, yeah, of course. So I went over there for another year and a half, and sometime in that year and a half I asked Isabel, um, did you know? And she's like, of course I did. I didn't know that you're not going to get it, but I didn't have the heart to tell you. <laughs> like, oh, that's really mean. 
but it was really good for me because if I if I would have not tried that I think there would have always been a bit of a question inside of me maybe what if I what if what if so really glad that kind of chapter was really closed and what God did in that year and a half in me with Ivan and Isabel because they're, they're, they're prophets yeah they know everything and that's really scary as a 21 year old you're like oh don't don't think anything bad don't just don't Man, they're gonna be. Hey, whatever you do tonight, they're gonna call you, call on you tomorrow. It's like so. Last night, you know, I in the spirit, I perceived. Like, oh no! Um, so just, you know, just be good. And realizing that they're most normal people on the planet. Isabel loves Steven Seagal, so we watched, you know, Red Heat. And no, that's not Crimson Tide. Is Steven Seagal? I think. And uh, just the, where everybody dies, yeah? Just lots of karate and chopping and killing. I'm thinking, who are you? What kind of prophetess are you? Um, Ivan just loves his beer and chicken wings. I'm like, oh, this is a man after my own heart. What, what God did where I thought, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, in the school of the prophets now. And I'll just be really prophetic. Um, I am. But... What God really did was to instill a love for his bride in that time. Because I didn't like the church. Because um, the church was just a place of a lot, a lot of rules. And a lot of, if you're not living up to my expectation, uh, I might have to love you, but you're definitely a disappointment to me. Yeah, That kind of thing. And my non-Christian friends, they seemed to be the ones that actually I could be with the most. They were laughing at my jokes that... Sometimes we're inappropriate, but they're really funny. But you couldn't really tell them in church. You, um, they, they accepted you for who you were rather than in church. And like, if I'm not behaving a certain way, then there will be somebody that has a chat with me about, ooh, you know, would you like to have a sozo? And so it's, and I thought, okay, I'll be an evangelist on the streets and get the people saved. I'm going to give them to the church and they can do with the people whatever they want to but so I'll make them into Christians but I don't want to have anything to do with Christians kind of thing and in that year and a half with Ivan Isabel he just let me look behind the scenes of what it means to run a church really the practical things you know Monday morning you just come to church you clean up everything you just you're the one that that empties all the bins takes them to the tip you're the one that cleans you hoovers you just it's there you're just the practical stuff I mean twice in that year and a half every time Ivan and Isabel were away on a trip their the sewers backed up and the whole basement was full of shit and I I was alone at home and I had to clean the gloves and I'm standing in this in sewage I'm thinking Jesus Ah, oh, this is not what I thought an internship was like, you know, just literally cleaning up crap off the floor in somebody else's house while they are preaching the gospel, yeah? And I'm shoveling crap. And, I'm, and yet, that was, that was an incredible time because Jesus showed me his heart for his bride. And I'm, I keep on falling in love with his people. They're just... It's the best thing ever. And that's where where he showed me that actually, Timo, I know you always thought that you're going to be a musician. But I've actually made you for ministry, for the Ephesians 4 bit, where you get to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. 
But in order to equip them, you need to love them. Otherwise, you're just going to be a really hard taskmaster that's going to yell at them and be disappointed or just set goals that are unrealistic. And so he just, just showed me this love for they are worth dying for. His bride is worth investing in. And yeah, you're going to invest in loads of people. And even Jesus invested in loads of people. And he didn't see a return in everybody. But it's just like, you know, where there's, you just, you spread. The, I, I love this picture, the parable of the four different soils, where you just, you just sow. And you sow with, with all of your heart. You don't hold back just because there's thorns. And you don't hold back just because there's thistles or there's rocks. You just sow. And you just like, God, come on. It's not my job to decide or to judge the soil, whether that's good soil or not. That's all up to him. Yeah. And I'm just going to invest in you. I'm going to love on you. I'm going to invest in you. I'm going to call out what I see of Jesus inside of you and just remind you of who you are. That's what the ministry of the Holy Spirit is, to remind the saints of who they really are. And, uh, and that's, yeah, that, that's the biggest thing that God did. Another big thing that God did in that time was um, I started trusting myself again with girls. That I um, had a really, had a, a serious relationship of two years before I went to the school ministry. And I thought that was God and we waited for signs and, you know, confirmation and whatever in the sky. And, it, and then it all just broke apart and so just this whole thing I um, I wanted to have a girlfriend but I thought ah, I'm not really sure whether I can commit to it so God really did that in the year and a half as well and uh, long story short after the year and a half Ruth and I we got engaged and then six months later we got married and uh, and then I wanted to move back to Germany because Germany is on my heart and again this is, you know, I'm called to Germany. Whatever I do, God is equipping me to do the work in Germany. And then God says, mm, how about the UK? I'm like, no, 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 it's Germany. Mm. And as soon as God says, mm, just, you can save yourself a lot of time and just do that. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. You, you may think you may have all the right reasons and your pro and con list is perfectly suited for this thing here. And God says, mm, just, all right apparently just explain to me on the way why this is better i don't need to understand right now eventually maybe i'll i won't even understand ever but as soon as god mm, just that's that's the way to go later on for oh, you know when you get married your wife's same thing hey we should do this mm. i was at my first outreach with our destiny we went over to belfast and met the irish prophet that's what he calls himself. He's who are you, the Irish prophet? Oh wow, it's a bit like Braveheart. This is my island. Yeah, this is. I'm the Irish prophet, and uh, his name is Brandon. He's Catholic. Has thirteen children. <laughs> roughest, roughest guy. Swears like oh, unbelievable. Just loves Jesus, and it's, you sit there in awe and confusion the whole night. Um, and Tom Hockley actually was was there on this out, and he's like, "Come on, Brendan, what what is the wisdom like in in Tom Hockley's way? Just tell me <laughs> what's the wisdom that you got out of this." And he says, "Do you know what? What I want to tell you guys, we can never go wrong." It's like, and he looked at me, he's like, "Timo, listen to Holy Spirit and listen to your wife." I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. And uh, seriously, as soon as you know, I come up with. Um, I don't know, uh, 
a worship set for Sunday. It's like, hey, Ruth, because we really worship together. What about this? And I've spent time just putting it together. And she's like, hmm. No, oh, come on. <laughs> I need to cancel it and just look at it again because hmm. Just means that you could do it this way, but it's going to be crap. <laughs> so, or, and, and the, it's the same with God. So, he closed the doors for Germany. We had a job offer there. And uh, it was very painful. And I felt, again, very rejected from not just these individuals, but it felt like all of Germany rejected me. A bit like Moses, you know, with Israel. I wanted to help you, but you guys don't appreciate my help. I even killed an Egyptian for you. So off I'm going to go and hide in the desert. Yeah, and it felt a bit like this. That was in, in October where I got the news that um, now, Timon, this is not going to happen. So I sat down with God, very angry, um, scared and confused, sad, disappointed, and just journaled. It's like, oh, this is so bad, so not fair, blah, blah, blah. These people in Germany don't know what they're doing. Um, and after I've done all my bits, God said to me, Timo, it's time for you to think about the UK. And that was the first shift for me. It's like, ah. Oh. And... And I wrote it down, and I'm going to let you know before Christmas where you're going to be. And as I wrote this down, I, I was certain that I'm, gonna make, I'm making this stuff up right now. Like, you know, I'm, I mean, I've been learning German, uh, German, I've been learning journaling. I've been teaching journaling here in the school ministry. And there I was, um, journaling, thinking, nah, I'm just making this stuff right up right now. But... Um, always put the date up at the top and I just let God be and just like okay if this is it then this is it now Ivan Isabel came over to Manchester for the very first time to do a conference up here in Manchester we were down in London Ruth and I and um, we're going to take Monday off work their conference finished on Sunday evening and then Monday was they, their day off and we we're just going to hang out here in Manchester and so Ruth and I we drove up Sunday afternoon arrived here for the last session and we're just gonna hang out then with them Monday and uh, Monday morning breakfast time so there was Andy and Sharon there was Brian and June and some other um, leaders um, they turn around to us and says okay this is this is a bit of a weird thing we, we don't do that usually but um, when you walked in last night God said to three of us it was to Alan to June and to Sharon this is your new youth pastor and so we would like to ask you whether you would like to be our new youth pastor like, what and so just that day was just hazy for me it's like I just couldn't believe what was happening on the way back we were we driving it's like can you believe what happened it's like yeah I had a feeling something was going to happen today like listen to your wife listen to Holy Spirit just, there's something um and I went back, that was November, went back over my journal, and there it was, in October, God was saying to me, I'm going to let you know before Christmas where you're going to be. And uh, we came up a couple times to check out Kingsway, Kingsway to get to know us as well. And we were here for 12 years. And it was honestly the best thing that could happen to us, to our marriage, to us as a family. And it's... 
still good, you know, where you think, this is it. This is who I am. This is my purpose. This is my destiny. This is my vision. And God's like, hmm. You may not even like it because it does not, you can't even see this part of you yet, but he knows you better than you do yourself. Honestly, and here I am working in this very thing that I despised at the beginning of my Christian walk. Oh, the church, they just, you know, bunch of hypocrites, bunch of law-given, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I'm loving the church. I'm just This is the most incredible thing on the planet, his body. Um, yeah. And now, back in Germany, and kind of get to continue this journey with him. And just, but you, you just, you always take what you've learned. Um, and the, you know, the breakthroughs that you have. It's like when David comes to Saul um, and uh, he's about to go up against Goliath. <clears throat> and, and Saul just even asks him, like, what, what makes you, not even like what makes you think you can defeat him. It's like, why, why, why are you even thinking about this? Like, all these other guys that are actually trained warriors, they're just crap in their pants. But you're little, don't really know how old he was, a youth, good looking and rugged, whatever that is. Yeah, uh, like you guys here. Look at that, just a bunch of good looking rugged guys. Rawr. And uh, and then his answer was really simple. It's like, you know, when, when there was a bear, when there was a lion trying to steal one of my sheep no my dad's sheep it wasn't his sheep yeah he was just the shepherd um and he had one of those one of the lambs that was it now it's just like okay we, we gotta sacrifice one little sheep to keep the herd safe and the shepherd is safe we're good to go gotta tell my dad sorry bear came my dad's gonna understand not a problem yeah not so David He's like, I walked up to the lion. This is, just imagine this. He's a 13-year-old kid, yeah? I grabbed it by its beard. <laughs> Who grabs a lion or a bear by its beard? And I took the lamb from him. No, the bear's not going to be like, oh, sorry. I did. You know, it's just, it was, <laughs> I don't know. The revenant happened back then already. Just, have you seen the movie? No, that doesn't matter. This is outrageous. But he had his victories already with God where he just knew, actually, I have been entrusted with something. And that is, actually, I'm the shepherd here over this thing. But actually, if he wants me to put me in a place where I can actually shepherd a nation, that'll be it. And if, I, if it's actually right now my time to go up to Goliath and grab him by his beard... And to deliver this nation out of this fear that the, the Philistines have under this cowardness, that the, the timidity that is just running through this whole nation. So be it. And I just love it. It's just like, and this uncircumcised Philistine is going to be like the bear and the lion. It's just incredible. And I mean, this story, just one of my favorite stories, because David walks up and he has nothing to to kill the giant with he well with a stone but he actually eventually once the giant's on the floor he grabs Goliath's sword and cuts off his head with his own sword I mean this is just this is what Jesus did on the cross there he is for the first time in history where God is 
That's Jesus came in the flesh and the enemy is delighted because for the first time God is killable. God must have done this dumb thing, he thinks, where he just, he made a mistake. I don't know what his plan is, but he made a mistake. He left himself vulnerable. I can kill him. And he does. And as, as Jesus, and this is it, like Jesus did not get killed. He gave up his life. This is a big thing. He just is like, and he decided, Jesus decided when he was going to die. Just think about this. Like, okay. And he gave up his spirit. Do you, do you understand what was happening? He was never not in control of the situation. This is, this is, like the enemy didn't understand it. Humanity didn't understand it. But there he was, Jesus, the one that was slain before the foundation of the world. Was like, guys, I got this. And, and yeah, there's a lot of pain and all this, involved, but I got this. You know, he, the great I am, I got this. And so he just takes on the sin of the world, not just the sinful actions, but the sin itself. And then death comes and wants to swallow up Christ. And how? He just takes death into his grave. And it's like, let's see who's going to laugh at the end. It's just, this, is, this is who our God is. He just, he did the, the David and Goliath thing right there. The enemy comes in. And the last thing that is going to, the last enemy that is forever going to be defeated and thrown into the lake of fire is death. It's the weirdest thing. But it's, I don't understand it all, whether that's a separate entity or whether... I don't need to know. I don't need to understand. But Jesus is just hanging there. And it's a trap. It really is a trap. He's like, okay, bring it on. And the enemy is furious. And he's like, I'm going to kill him. He's just like, all right. This, this is what it may look like. But I'm going to take you down. And I'm going to get up again. And you won't. And so, this is how I have found him to be unpredictable but always good he's he's one of the safest places you know but in terms of predictability he's not a safe person yeah you cannot fathom him you know you don't need to be afraid of him you will be afraid of him and you will not trust him. You will try to control everything and you will try to understand what it is before you say yes to it if you don't know that he is good. But as soon as you know that he is good, all the, yeah, but I don't need to do this in order to or explain to me first, all that is going to go out the window. When he says, Peter, come, come meet me on the shore, on the, on the, on the lake. Just, just come, it's like, all right. Like this just not like whoa explain to me first how, how are you doing it Jesus you know how safe is it guys you know got me uh, some floaties or something I'm just in case like no just Jesus if it's you command me to get out of the boat Peter come like alright and so I found him to be this incredible faithful God that knows me better than I do that has my future so secure in his hand that I want to be theologically incorrect. Like, I, I, there's nothing I can do to mess it up. Because to some degree there isn't anything I can do to mess it up. He 
He holds my end before I even had a beginning. It's as simple as that. He's that good. He's that big. And yet, I get to be a co-laborer. I get to be not his slave or servant, but his friend, his child. And and there's never going to be a, Timo, you have to do this! But always this this invitation of, do you want to? And this might not be the best thing for you. This might be the best thing. But he's never going to force you. As far as I, I'm not, I'm not subscribing to the, the truth that he's a gentleman. You know, oh, Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He would never make you. Pfft. No, he's not. He's God. Like Holy Spirit is a gentleman is kind of a theology that we've tried to create because <clears throat> we don't want to offend people or, or just want to always give people that. Well, yeah, you can choose how much you. Yeah, you can always choose, but. The choice is yes or no to God, um, and then, and then, how much of a gentleman was Holy Spirit when he knocked Paul off his horse? Yeah, how much of a gentleman was Holy Spirit when Saul, King Saul, was dancing naked for three days? How much of a gentleman was God when he took the prophet Ezekiel again naked by his hair up? And just moved them over to Jerusalem. How much of it? Just read any of the stuff in the Bible where he's not much of a gentleman. He's always good. But I think, of course, he's a gentleman. He is so gentle. But the way we've kind of described gentlemen is, oh, he would never do anything that would embarrass me or that I wouldn't want to do. It's like, nah, he's not so worried about embarrassing you. He's never going to humiliate you. That's a big difference. But sometimes you're going to be embarrassed. Yeah? I'm telling you, not just sometimes, but most times when you say yes to God, you're going to walk in levels of, various levels of feeling uncomfortable. Because you only need him to be the comforter when you're not comfortable anymore. Does it make sense? Yeah? Oh, Jesus, you're my comforter. Well, you're pretty cozy on your couch. You don't need me right now. Yeah? But when, and, um, oh, I had people in the prophetic sessions crying because I was pushing them. It's like, Timo, don't make me do this. You can do it. No, I can't. Yes, you can. I don't want to. I know, but come on, prophesy. Or with Alan, he's the same. Or just out on the streets, you do stuff. You're like, Jesus, I don't want to do this. Yes, but you can. That's the place when you're just like, this is not me. I'm not comfortable right now. I don't want to do this. He's like, yeah, but I'm your comforter. You don't need me back there. You need me right here. That's where I'm going to meet you. And, uh, and I just want to encourage you that he's always good. But he will make you feel very uncomfortable at times. But that's not a bad place. That's just a place of, whoa, I'm actually growing right. I'm being stretched beyond what I am used to. Um, Kung Fu Panda 3. <laughs> Great movie. And Kung Fu and the panda is doing his push-ups. And uh, it says a line like, if you, if you change, if you don't change anything about how you do it, you'll never be anything but what you are now. And it's this thing like, if you want to stay the way you are, you shouldn't come to our destiny. Simple as that. Because... 
But the point in coming here is not just, ooh, understanding more. Hmm, I read a couple of books. Ooh, I like this. What, you know, it made me think. No, 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 no. It's about who you are. And that's a very scary place to be because that means actually sometimes letting go of one thing and then God doesn't always give the thing straight away. Sometimes you're just in this limbo and then like, now I don't really know who I am. He's kind of taken away this thing that I always thought I was, but actually, no, I'm not anymore. Or I don't believe this anymore. Hmm. But I haven't really found exactly what he has transformed me into, what he's like forming me into. I, I don't know yet, but just this, this transition. And so, again, back to Israel in the desert. Sometimes it feels safer to, oh, let's run back to Egypt. At least we had some food there. Yeah, let's go back to what we knew before. Rather than, there's a promised land, and he's telling me this, this is the new creation. This is what the new creation is going to look like. This is what it's going to feel like. This is the power, the authority of this. But, ah, I'm in this transition period where I feel actually neither of these. I just feel very insecure. And he's like, come on. But you've got me today. I am with you. I am Emmanuel. I am God with you. And that's that's Jesus that um, I've encountered. I keep on encountering. That's the one that he is reminding me about that as well. Whenever, like when we just moved to Germany, we didn't have a place to stay. Now, that wasn't such a big thing because we didn't have a place to stay when we moved up to Manchester. We actually stayed with Rebecca for the first two or four weeks when we moved up here because we didn't have a place but it was just Ruth and me we can sleep on a couch if we have to it's it's not you know there's no other commitments there it's it's easy um, but now 12 years later we've got three kids who need to go to school and jobs and all of that and uh, the day that we left the UK we sat in the car because we drove down we didn't have a place that was that, that wasn't as woohoo, let's go to our new place. It's like Jesus, you because then we stopped in France for a week. I'm like, okay, you have another week, Jesus, to uh, sort out where we're gonna stay. And then that week came and went, and there was no place. And then we had to stay with my parents for three months because where we are now, there was nothing available, and just having to live in that tension. Now there's there's kids that need to go to school. There's jobs, there's... Germany is, I mean, this country of, in its bureaucracy and rules and the system, just all that, all the demands, and yet just having to live in the tension of... We're not going back to, to England. This is not, and not... Not that England is a bad place or anything like that. We didn't move from here because anything was wrong. We actually moved because God has called us, which is probably the best place to move like this was great and God's like but I've got something new for you it's like yes but the new didn't manifest straight away three months you just have to and then there's other bits you know you look at places and they're either really rubbish in terms of way too small or way too expensive or way too far away you think there's no point in any of this and then just having to just live in this tension until God says this is it and here we are living in a place. This is a really practical example, but living in a place that is incredible. Our, our place in Germany is incredible. You should see it. It's really nice. Um, and it's his goodness. 
and because of the stories that we've walked, Ruth and I, and us as a family, walked in over the years with God and His faithfulness, it makes it a lot easier to live in the tension of feeling uncomfortable. It still makes you feel uncomfortable. You still, if I was God, that, that's what I would do a lot more. Yeah? It's like, come on, snip it and be magic genie, do it. And God's like, yeah, but this is it, and this is here. But are you still going to be able to enjoy today? Or are you going to be so frustrated, so focused on just this, that you're going to miss actually anything and everything that I have for you today? So this is it for today. Just enjoy Jesus today. Whether you hear something that is worth thinking and meditating about or not. Like this day, God didn't make this day so you could listen to me. Yeah, This is maybe just a little extra. God made today for him to hang out with you and for that relationship to deepen. Close your eyes. <clears throat> Jesus, I thank you that you're the one that um, walks before us, high, that walks behind us, you're the one that is on our right and on our left. You're Christ before us, Christ behind us. You're the one that before Abraham was, you are. And I bless you guys to just walk with God in this reality, in this truth. Just like Adam and Eve did in the cool of the day, just hanging out with their dad. Not having to talk shop. Not always just strategizing about how to expand the kingdom even more. Ah. I bless you to get to know him more. Feel the excitement that is inside of him because he gets to hang out with you. Stir that passion, Dad. Just accept that free even more so. Hmm, that today really is day worth living to the max I bless you guys with yeah, the ability to just trust Jesus especially in the uncomfortable situations, actually I bless you to allow him to bring you into these uncomfortable situations who, where before you would have said no or you put on the bed thank you for listening to the Destiny podcast for further information check out www.idestiny.org.uk